Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Great White Buffalo. What was that? Great White Buffalo. You know you're whispering, right? Yep. Telegraphing the movie that we're talking about today from 2010, Hot Tub, Time Machine. A new movie for Iris personally selected by yours truly to fit into her love of bros broing down movies. Hot Tub, Time Machine. Where do they say that? (laughs) Who says that? (laughs) that's just me like putting that into 90s butt rock butt rock yeah also known as glam rock no no all right i've never heard of the term butt rock never ever no what wow well i'll teach you a little something about glam rock it's also called butt rock because of the extremely tight pants that some of these motley crew type singers motley lou motley lou right exactly but We skip ahead in time. Let's go back to 2010. You know what Iris was watching in 2010? The Hangover nonstop. That's right. The Hangover came out in 2009. Thoroughly obsessed with that movie. And I had no time for Hot Tub Time Machine. Although now that I see it, I think it's a little... I I wonder if it would have been back in 2010, but today in 2022, it's a little sophomoric for my taste. Yeah? Wow, you've matured. (laughs) Maybe. You would think that the hangover would have hardened your nerves by now. And this would just bounce. Maybe it does. Maybe it just bounces right off of you and doesn't. I think this is meant to tap into the psyche more of dudes. Okay. How so? So the hangover, I I don't know. I can't imagine that it was for ladies, particularly aside from Bradley Cooper. But who's the Bradley Cooper in Hot Tub Time Machine? I think the Lou character is like a deranged version of the Bradley Cooper character. With a way grosser butt? (laughs) with uh what was grosser that he had like little pimples on it or like hair that was not stunt butt i'm sorry that's just dude butt but if anybody i guess was gonna squeeze into motley lou tights it was gonna be lou it was gonna be lou because craig robinson already had his turn in the tight huge red onesie footy jammies 
Still, though, like an Avengers of dude bro comedies, like this, these are all different personalities and all types. I, I think Craig Robinson kind of stuck out in the field of like short white dudes or like even John Cusack, who I think is pretty tall, was like dwarfed by him. But I think he was necessary because he brought the Craig Robinson specific superhero comedy. Well, we can just put it out there. Craig Robinson is incredibly talented. I was actually surprised that he didn't showcase, show off more of his musical talent. He had two songs in this movie. Well, he did, but he can actually play the piano and he can actually, I guess he did sing pretty well. I mean, why would you showcase his boring piano talent when he can do backflips? Right. And I guess it's more, I guess it's more entertaining that he actually, that he lick the keys than actually play them. (laughs) (laughs) I shot... You know, I shot James Gunn's web series with Craig Robinson, right? Yes, I remember this, although I don't remember much about him. (laughs) I just remember that he would delight the entire crew between setups playing the piano. And my favorite was when he did a classical rendition of $5 Footlongs. (laughs) Definitely deserves his place. He's, he's incredibly talented, and I think he's a standout performance as kind of inane as his Nick character is. But he has such an important job, at least in the present that he comes from. What is that? Being dopey? No, the the dog butt squeezing job. Oh, right. Yeah, you know, you have to think about it. Hot Tub Time Machine took it to another level with digging a key out of a dog's butt. But there are actual groomers that have to express anal glands. Yeah. You've heard about this, right? For sure. Had dogs at one point. And did you have their anal glands expressed? I mean, maybe. I don't recall. I blocked out that part of my life. Um, that's an actual reality there. Yeah, but for this movie, kind of a pee-pee-poopy kind of start, right? <laughs> to an otherwise sophisticated hangover-style comedy? Um, Hot Tub Time Machine does make The Hangover look like a sophisticated comedy, but the films have one thing in common. The stories and the characters are pretty wholly committed. Hot Tub Time Machine commits. <laughs> like, they're all in in this ridiculousness. Plot holes and all, they're just, like, steaming forward, and... They're aware of 80s nostalgia in a way, in a 2010 kind of a way. Like in a 2020 kind of a way, it's like retro cool and nostalgic. And in in a 2010 kind of a way, it was like parody cool. Yeah, it's a heightened colorful age. It was very colorful, which was especially apparent on the white slopes of Kodiak Valley or Kodiak Point or something. K-Vals, dude. K-Vals. But they certainly didn't glamorize our friends from The Karate Kid or... Back to the Future. <laughs> William, is it William Zabka? Yep, Billy Zabka. From Cobra Kai fame now. And uh, Crispin Glover from, oh man, don't even get me started on Crispin Glover. You saw his movie, right? Uh, I did not. I, I saw enough YouTube clips of what is it to know that I don't really need to see that movie all the way through. <laughs> he did a traveling production. Crispin Glover, I think everybody understands when I say that dude is bonkers, right? Bonkers. And what is it was one of those movies that NPR saw fit to cover. And I was like in my NPR phase where I was like, Crispin Glover's What Is It is coming to downtown LA. Let's go check it out. And it was traumatizing. <laughs> but he was there, right? With his weird slicked back hair and his uh, oh, of course. Like, pinstripe double-breasted suit answering questions. You know, he did like a live reading and performance. And uh, was thoroughly alienating the audience. I think half left before there was any kind of a... I think there was a Q&A, maybe. Oh, man. It was a mess. Wasn't that around this era? What is it came out in 2005? 
I mean, he's produced and directed a couple of films, but he said he made it very clear that he makes other people's movies to get the money and the attention to make his own movies. He stands sure. like talk about committing. Crispin Glover stands behind and he's obviously a legend for time travel movies. And I was really stoked when he showed up because I didn't I didn't see Hot Tub Time Machine when it came out in the theater. This wasn't on my radar either, but I love time travel movies. So to see those dudes that are firmly implanted in my 80s brain, Billy Zabka and Crispin Glover, I was all excited. Chevy Chase even to a certain extent. And as strangely, as weird as Crispin Glover is, he can rein in the crazy pretty easily. It's true. He does play it kind of straight. And I guess he has no problem with this this arm gimmick. <laughs> uh, the arm gimmick was pretty funny the whole yeah. time. It's just, just this great mystery. How is he going to lose the arm? Well, it's great. It's a running gag. But you're like, dread Kelly Ray, I think, was dreading it. And they just, they played it out so much and, and Lou is so disappointed every time. He's so disappointed at the end when the truck goes by. Everyone's like, oh, and Lou's like, yay. <laughs> yeah. The most unadulterated joy of Lou's life. Yeah. Lou, I think, blazes the trail for this movie in terms of the characters being absolutely unapologetic and unvarnished. John Cusack produced this movie as well as starred in it, and he saw Rob Corddry and thought he was great and realized that this dude hadn't had his big movie, like his character that he's known for, and he was pretty sure, and I think he was right, that Lou was that character. The beauty of this is I don't know him from anything except Hot Tub Time Machine and Hot Tub Time Machine 2. John Cusack comes to Hot Tub Time Machine with his own 80s cachet. Craig Robinson, in my opinion, a well-established, not only comedic, but also dramatic actor. But it's kind of mystifying to me what happened to Rob Corddry and Clark Duke. I don't know. Like they didn't. It doesn't appear that they've gone on to the fame and glory, unless, I guess, you count Hot Tub Time Machine, too. So he was a correspondent, Rob Corddry was, on The Daily Show, and he was really popular for one of his characters. But I don't know if that was before or after Hot Tub Time Machine. And, yeah, he hasn't really made a splash. But in a way, that's good. Like, in a selfish way. I think we do. I, I can't remember the other movie we talked about where I didn't care to see, oh, it was the guy from West Side Story. Where I was like, I hope in my mind this dude never does anything else. So he just purely exists in this movie. Like he's so Lou. Rob Corddry, he just lives in this movie for me. He's crazy. He's wholly committed. He's adolescent. <laughs> and so there's not a huge change between when he goes back in time. Um, I guess not for any of them. They are still themselves. I don't know. Just the I don't hair. think we need to discuss the mechanics of the time travel in this movie. Yeah, it honestly doesn't matter. Like the continuity or whatever, I'm sure it's fine. And they do kind of hold pretty clearly to it when they interrupt the sex and Clark Duke disappears. Right. And they like have to get him back. He was like, it was beautiful. Where he went, we don't know. Don't really care. Um, but that is what drew me in. I was all, I'm all about time travel movies, as you know. And to have a time travel hero like Crispin Glover in place was good but it was like an excuse for clearly middle-aged dudes to go back and and have an excuse to you know revisit their debaucherous past or whatever and it wasn't just reminiscing in a sad napoleon dynamite kind of way about how it was when you were cooler i guess that's what lou had always been doing but uh he if anybody needed a do-over in life it was lou did you like Hot Tub Time Machine? I love Hot Tub Time Machine. It's got its really? flaws. Yeah. And Kelly Ray balked at first and I was like, you're smiling. And she's like, it's not a smile. It's a grimace. And uh, and 
But I, I, I'm hoping that this movie was written this way. There's a, a few conflicting reports. They talked about the script and how raunchy it was. And they said, and how crazy it was. And they were like, yeah, imagine starting a movie like this without a script. And there were some intimations that they, they didn't have. They just had the premise. It was like snakes on a plane. Someone thought that would be a funny movie title, and then they built a movie around it. So I'm not sure how much of this was in place, but in a way, it's miraculous that this movie had, that the improv that they came up with, a lot of it worked so well. Like, the, huh. it, it must be some kind of hot tub time machine, and he looks at the camera. That was improv. And it makes me happy to think that anything that Lou said or did would have been improv. But it was because because I do think it's smartly written or cleverly written for a time travel movie. They mentioned every other time travel movie and how they immediately stole from that. Right. Like they made no secret. It didn't pretend to be serious. But uh, I feel like it was snappy and well written. And each of their characters in a sort of Avengers kind of way was was represented and had enough screen time and had their role that made it good. That it was an even-handed movie and that it wasn't one person's movie. Because you know my theory about The Hangover, that it's actually Ed's movie. That it's Stu's movie and Ed Helms' character has the arc. In this one, they all kind of have... They all kind of do, right? Lou and Jacob are reunited as a family. (laughs) Nick is able to confront his wife, but also doesn't need to anymore. And Adam lets go. And because he does, he has a, a life partner that is waiting in his fabulous, meticulously kept home the fact that i can name you know the change for the characters relatively easily i think is indicative of how these characters have been (laughs) developed as ridiculous as their journey may be i I felt like they i mean it's not just because i've seen this movie numerous times but i do think that they had a rapport that didn't feel like these disparate actors of different backgrounds and styles coming together i mean it felt cohesive to me in a weird way this is how i know this movie wasn't written by committee because there's no way a bunch of people would come up with crispin glover yelling are we raping and clark duke's like are are we raping but the cincinnati exchange while they're all sitting around is like the best for me like it's a master class in in character exposition and stuff that tells nothing except the history of their friendship they each have their part which goes how it's like Cincinnati and Rob Corddry's like, what? Like, I thought we were going to never talk about that again. And, and Nick's like, you wrote Cincinnati on it? That's admissible. And then Clark Duke's like, is it a fetus? And they're like, <laughs> oh, God, that exchange is the best for me. And it's about nothing. We have They never revisit it. Don't care. But it's got just with a sparse amount of dialogue. I feel like they connected these guys pretty well. I'm pretty sure they had fun on set. That's funny. It's funny what what really lands i i did watch this movie in a little bit of detached wonder but i did laugh and it was when <laughs> it was when craig robinson decides that he's going to speak russian <laughs> martina navratilova <laughs> and he's holding the chernobyl can bomb out <laughs> yeah and threatening it to blow everybody up as they exit the the party it was a house party or something right yeah it was uh, it was at blaine's house or whatever the winter soldier man yeah, you keep on bringing him up. I have no idea what you're we, talking about. We talked about. about Sebastian Stan, who plays uh, Blaine in this movie, who later went on to be Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier in Captain America and the Avengers. And uh, Yeah, but I only know him as the portly sheriff from Devil all the time. Right, and also he was in I, Tanya as the abusive boyfriend. All right. 
but the point is it's funny what lands and I think it's really it's and it's very subjective because Cincinnati makes you laugh but do you ever roll your eyes in this movie uh, I mean, yeah, there's dumb stuff, but I more marvel at just the way it was set up. It's a different kind of comedy that makes me admire this movie. They're, they're all inside in their heads and then they kind of pops out. I don't know, man. I don't know why this movie gets me. I, I can't imagine that it's just because it's a time travel movie and it's crass and I don't really identify with the type of life that any of these dudes have. There is some element to the glory days, but my glory days weren't all that glorious. This is maybe my safer, like, not realistic time travel fantasy of dudes growing down that uh, that maybe appeals to me. You can hide behind the fantasy. Well, I think that you can also get a little lost in the chemistry, which is a really odd mix and kind of explosive, but ultimately works. They all have like an equal, equal amount of dopiness about them <laughs> that, that I think unites them. And maybe a, maybe a little bit of self-obsession and selfishness. But ultimately, you'd say that to hot that not only the characters but this movie has a lot of heart yeah that's what friends do and it really comes around with the friends and and like you said uh adam has to his sort of journey is coming back around for his friend where he would sacrifice anything in his life which not to say that that's very much at the the point where he's at but he understands that he needs to show up for his friend even when the girl says, come on the bus with me or whatever. Yeah, I do think that there's a lot of heart coming around. And it was he also tr- makes sure that his friends are well set up. Uh, Lou does at the end. And uh, I, I do think it has a lot of heart, but it's <laughs> but like in a dude kind of way where you would talk your, your friend all up and tell him all his good qualities and then send him off to get rocked anyway <laughs> and like drilled in the jaw. You know that that punch could never have landed, right? Not in any universe or time-space continuum. Julio Iglesias believed that that punch could have landed. It had momentum and the weight of gravity behind it. Did you feel like it had heart? Was it a heartier movie than The Hangover? Hmm. I think that the characters love each other relatively equally. You know, every friend group has that asshole, but he's our asshole. (laughs) Right. Which, you know, Bradley Cooper is supposed to be the asshole in The Hangover, which I never really got because I guess by asshole, they just mean the person who speaks the truth. I don't know that that's Lou necessarily in the hot in hot tub time machine but he is calling out his friends right he calls them out for not being there for him (laughs) but he also can't blame his life and his he can't blame his miserable life on his friends and he's obviously self-motivated but he's not looking to hurt them no (laughs) your heart's a fucking liar I mean, Lou is really insane. Do you have a friend like that? I I mean, like overtly wild? No, nobody like forcing their craziness into my life. Kind of the sneak. So blah, 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 hot tub time machine, obviously meant to be fun, meant to be kind of rompy, throw back to the 80s, which, you know, for the last decade has been a real thing. Like getting back to the 80s, hell or high water or hot tub time machine is just the way to go to make a, a, you know, like a culturally fun movie and lots of 80s stars, uh, even if you don't recognize them right off the bat. But this movie is is curious because John Cusack wouldn't, I don't think he would be typically, it's like his Pulp Fiction where John Cusack had his thing in the 80s, maybe less so moving forward. And this kind of throwback movie was like his John Travolta Pulp, Pulp Fiction type role. It's also a very raw John Cusack performance um i feel i feel like the sloppiness in it see i think it's masquerading as sloppy but i think it's actually carefully crafted really though 
even with all the improv and stuff. Yeah, and eyes like a gypsy's lies. Now those eyes are in other guys. Come on, man. And he's like, are you doing mushrooms? And he's like, I, I like to eat them, a couple of them. <laughs> You're going to lose your arm. It's just so, it's so weird. But what I find more interesting about this movie is because it has all these 80s dudes or whatever, I guess maybe it comes with some level of expectation. Do you see how Jacob confronts him and he's like, you know, you know, would it kill you to give me a straight answer? Chevy he's Chase. Like talking he's... in all these, yeah, time travel riddles. Yeah. And then there's a weird, it's not a cut. It's almost like a, like a jump push where he's a little bit larger in frame. And he's like, you know, you're kind of a dick and we don't have a Chevy Chase reaction for it i think that was added that i think that was a pickup because huh. chevy chase is a notorious wiener and arguably the mo- one of the most hated men in hollywood really tears people down gets fired from shows gets blacklisted people hate him or whatever and the fact that he was an icon in the 80s doesn't carry him very far as much but what i always come back to for this movie and i didn't know it going in but reactionary to this movie is the crispin glover story man crispin glover story it it makes this movie such a curiosity to me what crispin glover story crispin glover appears in hot tub time machine after back to the future do you remember the controversy of back to the future and crispin glover no. So he constantly clashed with the Bobs, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, about the script, uh, so much so that he refused to appear in Back to the Future 2. They had to cast a double, put him in prosthetics because they aged him up. So they made prosthetics in the first one. They used those same molds so he would have Crispin Glover's facial structure and to make him the old man in 2015. And then they hung that actor upside down. To further mask the fact that it wasn't Crispin Glover. Then they used footage of him that they had shot for the Enchantment Under the Sea dance and played it in part two as though Crispin Glover was an actor in the movie. And he wasn't. It actually led to a landmark uh, lawsuit about your rights uh, and your likeness used in movies without your permission. Hmm. So anyway, it's said that he refused to do Back to the Future 2 because he took issue with Back to the Future's lesson or moral that money ultimately can bring you happiness. Hmm. The idea that going back to the new 1985, George and Lorraine would be like successful and that makes them better people and not because they were strengthened by Marty's journey or whatever. I don't know that that's the moral of Back to the Future, but okay. That's how it was perceived by Crispin Glover. Yeah. He said, I don't want to participate. I don't like this idea that money makes for happiness. That's not what the arc should be for this character. So he refused to be in part two. And I was like, oh man, filed lawsuits and stuff. It was all acrimonious. And then much later, probably not long before Hot Tub Time Machine, he worked with Bob Zemeckis again when Bob Zemeckis directed Beowulf. And he was Grendel in that movie. And that's a totally different thing. But I was like, oh, I guess you let bygones be bygones. And then inexplicably, Crispin Glover shows up in Hot Tub Time Machine, a movie where clearly money money makes Lou's life better. And everyone's. Lou literally says, was it morally wrong for me to exploit my knowledge of the future for personal gain? And he says, but more importantly, do I give a shit? Right. And so I, w- I wonder if that if Crispin Glover got that ending of the script, because it seems like all his morals are out the window. This is just Crispin Glover continuously subverting expectations of him. He's like, you thought you knew Crispin Glover? You thought you knew the ground that I stand on? Well, think again. Damn you strong. It's a watery, hot tubby, warm mess. <laughs> 
But Crispin Glover's movies make Hot Tub Time Machine look like Shakespeare. I don't know. This, maybe, maybe this is my hangover as far as dude bro movies go. Well, does it make you feel like you're hanging out with your dude bros? I mean, not that I had necessarily these kinds of friends, but I, I like their rapport and they make me smile. Does it make you feel like you want to do a, a boys weekend? Do you call it a boys weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, that sounds like a nightmare. A boys weekend in my mind sounds and feels like what Nick and Adam expected Kodiak Valley to be. They're doing it for Lou, but it's going to be a nightmare because they're in different places in their lives. The last time I went on a boys weekend, fully grown adult. I went there and there was Coke and there was like so much booze on the table. They had a whole, that whole, that little table in the hotel room was covered in bottles of booze. Wait, are you talking about real life or are you talking about hot tub yeah. time machine? No, this okay. is real life. And they were like, let's go downstairs and get a drink. And I was like, are you kidding? They called strippers or hookers or something. I'm not sure if anybody ever came to the room, but I literally like I was the only sober one and I was drinking like, you know, just to try to keep up. Like you try to nurse a beer so you don't get mercilessly teased. But I would like sneak off when everybody's in the middle of stuff and I would sleep with my face pressed against the side of the bed on the floor on the opposite side between the bed and the window. So nobody could find me casually. Like if you peek in the room, where did Wesley go? No, no, no. He's not in there. You were hide sleeping? So nobody would mess with me while I was asleep. Wow. I took them to the buffet at Rio and nobody could taste anything. Why? Because they had done so much coke. Oh, man. I arranged for a limo to go to some club or whatever so that they could meet girls. Uh, this is for a birthday party and they don't even remember it. Wait a second. Wait a second. Were they like, bro, let's do a Vegas weekend. Yeah. Hey, dude, we're totally going to die. Should we uh, maybe invite Wes? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's invite Wes so that he makes sure no, we don't die. I was die. one of the primary organizers. I just put them in the corral and let them run free. And I'm just I'm just too old for that crap, man. I could not keep. I was literally the only one who was sleeping and the only one who was sober. Well, it sounds a lot like hot tub time machine. There was no shortage of coke. I guess that was an eighties thing. A little though. bit, but it was it was also a nightmare. It's not like I don't want to be in that situation because I'll be bound by temptation. No part of me is like let's do rails. Okay, so I get it. So well, yeah. I mean, your whole bent is don't do drugs. So you so basically, hot tub time machine is your teleportation to Bros Weekend without actually having to be there. Yep. You can enjoy it from a safe distance, and I can observe men in their natural habitat. A teleflirtation, if you will, with being a dude bro. <laughs> Hot tub time machine, your opportunity to teleflirtate. Teleflirtate? No, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Teleflirt with being a dude bro. That's poster quote. So your ultimate reading is? <laughs> Do you have to see Hot Tub Time Machine? Not even, kind of. I'm glad that I got Kelly Ray on board to see it. I love time travel movies, but this is purely me, and I thought you could at least appreciate what they were going for. Not a musty, not a totally, but definitely for me, a fun all right. It's like a guilty pleasure movie. Oh, it's a it's a little raunchy for me. It's a little, it's, there's a little bit more semen and a little bit more. Um... Technically, there's no semen in this movie. Oh, yeah, it was just hand soap. It's a little much for me, especially for repeat viewing. But I think I can, uh, I think I have enough pedigree to appreciate Hot Tub Time Machine for what it is. And my favorite, my favorite quote was technically in the background and was a requote from another movie. Can you guess what it is? Mm, so many. Uh, oh, was it, was it get him a body bag, Johnny? 
Get him a, get him a body bag, Blaine. How did you know? I don't know. It's because it, it's the most overt '80s movie throwback ever. Get him a body like, bag. Like at the time, that probably wasn't ironic. He they had probably just seen the Karate Kid and were all stoked on that line. Ugh. That's so funny. I was like, seriously? And that's the moment I knew that Hot Tub Time Machine was 100% aware and committed to exactly what it was. And for that reason, sure, I'll give it a good. And there you have it. An All Right from Wes, a good from Iris 4, a movie from 2010, available on HBO Max. Hot Tub Time Machine! Uh, I'm going to get you some Chernobyl for Christmas. Okay, see if you can pull that off. It's going to be costly, a costly prop, especially given that it'll be 12 years old. Because remember I got you some of that Korean ramen from Parasite? Yeah, dude. The ramdan? The ramdan. Was it any good? Yeah. made. I only made it one time with steak. And then I was just like, I need food and I'm going to eat some of the ramen. If you enjoyed this discussion on Hot Tub Time Machine, check out another dude bro discussion on The Hangover. Iris is my technically kind of one of my favorite movies of all time. At or whatever movies.com. Well, I mean, I'm not hedging. I'm just saying, okay, I'm a little embarrassed. It's cool. It's cool. It's not Hot Tub Time Machine, at least. I can always remind myself of that. <laughs> um, you can also hit us up at 818-835-0473 or whatever movies at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode. You know I'm a dreamer. Especially our Patreon patrons who support but us. But my heart's a gold. I had to run away high. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Electric acid.